You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, the trade deadline has come and gone, and Anthony Davis is still a member of the Pelicans. What's this mean going forward? Sounds like he's going to be playing, potentially starting tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves in an ESPN televised game, In um, and that's just going to be awkward. But what else did the Pelicans do at the trade deadline? Out went Nico Miritich. They have a ton of second-round picks now, so let's take a look at all that went down in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So first things first, Anthony Davis is a member of the New Orleans Pelicans and will be for the rest of the season. No deal got done. It doesn't even sound like the Lakers picked back up the phone to call the Pelicans or that the Pelicans picked up the phone to call the Lakers, meaning that they just weren't as close as maybe it seemed like they would or the Lakers just weren't willing to budge and are willing to take their chance that they can get him either from free agency in two years or or at uh, after the draft here or during the draft or before the draft this offseason when things maybe change a little bit. Either they can up their offer or lower their offer just depending on how things go. So nothing really went and got done. And this is kind of what we thought was going to happen. This is what should have happened. And I said this on Twitter the other day. People should not be giving Dell Demps or anyone credit for not trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers when, frankly, this isn't what they should have done. You don't get bonus points for doing the bare minimum or what's expected of you. And not trading AD for what you think is a subpar offer is certainly basically the minimum expectation possible here. But good that the Pelicans did it. And I said, that probably tells you all you need to know about Dell Demps' tenure here in New Orleans if doing what you should do and doing what's expected is a reason to praise people. Now, for those who have been asking, it is a combination of Mickey Loomis, Gail Benson, Dell Demps, and Danny Ferry kind of all getting together, being the brain trust that make these ultimate decisions. And they've handled it well. They didn't cave to the pressure. They realized they had a lot of leverage. Clutch overplayed their hand. And they just kind of stood pat and just said, you're going to need to give us what we want because this guy's under contract. And eh, whatever, no big deal. And so worst case is they've just got to play him a little bit and deal with the weird PR that comes with it, which we'll talk about in the third segment today. So nothing got done, and this should be no surprise to anyone here. One thing I want to push back on is that the Pelicans have played the Lakers or sowed the seeds of discontent or any of that with that team. None of that happened. They just didn't get a deal that they wanted from the Lakers. They leaked one or two things that made sense because Clutch and the Lakers had been leaking things. But when it comes to kind of getting in the heads of those Lakers players, and we saw that 40-point loss to the Pacers uh, the other night with and how bad that was, that's just complete BS. Look at who they were leaking, who was putting out the reported offers. And those are LA Times columnists. That's no one the Pelicans were leaking to. That's the Lakers leaking to those people. The Lakers tripped over themselves. The Lakers shot themselves in the foot when it came to these Anthony Davis trade negotiations. Did the Pelicans front office and brass kind of sit back and laugh as all of this was going on and cause an internal strife and turmoil with them? Sure. 
but they weren't intentionally doing this. Come on, you guys. It might be fun. I'm not a guy who enjoys schadenfreude or pettiness or anything like that, but plenty of people do, and that's totally okay. And this was hilarious if that was the case. But you know what? I, I, while a lot of fans would like to act out of spite, that's not how you run a business. That's not how you run an NBA franchise. The tears of the Lakers fans don't sustain the Pelicans. It sustains their fans, maybe. But it doesn't sustain them, and you're not going to get a lot of things done or accomplished that way when you are trying to kind of uphold a reputation around the league. So I'm pushing back on the fact that they were doing this, and this was all according to the plan. You don't control what other people do. And that's certainly, it was the Lakers doing all of this. But now, nothing gets done. Anthony Davis stays here. If you want to look at big winners of the trade deadline, honestly, it might be the, the Boston Celtics because they can make a run at AD in the summer now, knowing that they still have an opportunity to do so. Another team, and I said this the other day, I think will be a big uh, per, uh, team to go after Anthony Davis is the Clippers. A lot of cap space there to kind of remake their team in whatever image he and they want. They have some young guys in um, Landry Shamit. They've got Shai Gillius Alexander as well as a number of first round picks, including I think an unprotected one from the Heat potentially. That looks mighty appealing um, in the future. So Keep them in mind as we hit the offseason and look for an Anthony Davis trade. So if you want to get reactions to everything, we did a live Locked On NBA podcast yesterday reacting in the moment to all the trades. I was on there talking about Anthony Davis, talking about Nikola Mirotic, we'll talk about in just a minute here. All the hosts, we had Sean Woodley on of the Locked On Raptors podcast, people from the Clippers, the 76ers, all the big teams that were involved on there to give you their reactions. It's a great way to kind of recap what was basically just a bonkers day in the NBA yesterday. So make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked On NBA. So the Pelicans didn't move Anthony Davis, but they made other trades, which means we can talk about those. And of course, one like immediately broke when I finished recording the Thursday night or the Thursday podcast Wednesday night. Um, and it, like literally seconds after it was uploaded. And that was the trade with the Washington Wizards sending out uh, Wes Johnson in exchange for Markeith Morris and a second round pick. This is a real, and then they immediately cut Markeith Morris yesterday. This is a very easy deal to break down. It got the Wizards under the luxury tax, saved them a little bit of money this year in exchange for a second round pick that right now looks like it could be pretty decent. It's a second round pick that goes out a couple of years. It looks like it's going to be in um, 2023, but they're not going to be competing by then in four years, particularly with the John Wall situation that they have. So in exchange for taking on Markeith Morris's salary, which is prorated for the rest of the year, which comes to about $1.1 million, they picked up a second round pick. So they paid $1.1 million for a second round pick. Cool. No big deal. Why not? If you, you know, at this point aren't really competing this year, start accumulating assets, use your money as a way to do that. And it was a nice thing to see when you talk about this team being cheap or not being cheap. This is an example of them not being cheap. They just basically, again, paid $1.1 million to acquire a second round pick. And that essentially is all we need to say about that deal. The bigger one, though, came on yesterday's trade deadline, and that was the Pelicans moving Nikola Mirotic in a confusing three-team trade, basically bringing back Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson and four second-round picks 
for the Pelicans. You have one from the Milwaukee Bucks, one from the Denver Nuggets, and then two from the Washington Wizards as well. So the Pelicans have three Washington Wizards second round picks going to 2020, 2021, and 2023. They additionally get the Nuggets top 55 protected 2019 pick, one that right now isn't going to um, convey. So it wouldn't change because they have their that's not where it would land. And then I believe they also have the Milwaukee Bucks pick as well. That's going to be in the 2020 draft. Basically, the Nuggets and the Bucks picks are inconsequential. Those are likely to be bottom five picks in the entirety of the NBA draft, particularly in the second round, meaning they're kind of worthless. Those Wizards ones are at least intriguing. You can get two of those that could be in the mid 40s, early 40s. That's decent. You guys know I'm not particularly high on second-round picks as currency, but we've seen the team use them in interesting ways in the past. One, maybe they get a deal over the hump and you include one in there. So you may as well you know, have more. The other thing you've seen the Pelicans do is package two of them to move up in the draft. They did this for Czech Diallo a couple of years ago. They did it for Frank Jackson two years ago. Both guys that, well, they're, they're still high on Frank Jackson. I don't think as much Diallo. But at least you can move for a guy who shows some potential. And the top of the second round is significantly better than the middle to bottom of the second round. And having more assets is just never a bad thing. And with Mirtich not going to be back next year, cool, move him for something. They wanted a first round pick, couldn't get that. So they moved on to what they probably could get as the next best thing, which was multiple second round picks. And you know what? I look at this trade as a B minus. I don't get up in the day for second round picks. These don't really excite me. I know a lot of people want to, but show me on the Pelicans, the last good second round pick that really worked out here. Um, So it, it doesn't matter as much, to be honest. So but you got something for basically the, when you were going to have nothing. And that means it's a good trade in that sense. Just get more assets because you need to kind of accumulate that now. So on deadline day, the Pelicans pick up two, or sorry, two, five additional second round draft picks. In terms of Stanley Johnson, I know a bunch of people have asked me about him because he's, he's going to be a restricted free agent. He's a young wing and people, maybe he could be good. He's not good. It's, it's as simple as that. This guy's offense is worse than Solomon Hill. His defense is very good. I will give him that. But his offense is worse than Solomon Hill. Um, I've talked to a couple of people around the league who, who watch the Pistons and know more about the Pistons than I do. And none of them had anything good to say about Stanley Johnson. So I know you're all hoping maybe he could be that small forward we need. He's a restricted free agent. You can probably bring him back for almost no money. That's good. But ultimately, this is a guy who's probably not going to work out. But you know what? They can take a flyer on him for two months. Maybe he shows something that makes you at least want to bring him back next year. And that could be the best case scenario here. But don't expect much from Stanley Johnson and the Pelicans. So before we get to probably the biggest story here, and that's what are they going to do with Anthony Davis? Is he actually starting in the game tonight? Don't forget about Locked On Saints. There was a big story with Onyemata here in New Orleans getting busted for marijuana possession, misdemeanor marijuana possession. And I know they're going to be covering that from all angles because it's kind of interesting in terms of what's going to happen with the Saints. Sheldon Rankins is already out. And then the larger social justice implications on that. So if you want to know more, make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On Saints podcast. So the biggest news of yesterday was that the Pelicans are going to be playing and starting, it sounds like, Anthony Davis, despite his trade request, despite the fact that there's incredible risk involved in this. 
And I'm going to read the statement from general manager Dell Demps that they put out. And it's, quote, Anthony Davis will play the remainder of the 2018-2019 season for the New Orleans Pelicans. A number of factors contributed to this decision. Ultimately, Anthony made it clear to us that he wants to play and he gives our team the best opportunity to win games. Pelicans want to preserve the integrity of the game and align our organization with NBA policies. We believe Anthony Plain upholds the values that are in the best interest of the NBA and its fans. We look forward to seeing Anthony in a Pelicans uniform again soon. End quote. Okay. So, I'm not going to scream and rant about this because we've done this enough on Twitter and everyone knows that this is a fucking stupid decision. This is clearly coming from the NBA, as was tweeted about from Scott Kushner and a number of others. And when you hear that statement, oh my God, does it sound exactly like the NBA wrote this. We want to preserve the integrity of the game and align our organization with NBA policies. Fuck that. Because right now, the Pelicans should be looking out for themselves, not the best interest of the NBA. They should be looking out for the best interest of the Pelicans. Hell, they should be looking out for the best interest of Pelicans fans. And I don't even know if this is it, though. I will push back on that, too, and say there are a number of fans that I've talked to that just uh, that are paying money for season tickets that want to go and see the team win. They're tired of losses. That's all they care about, and they're allowed to. Um, so there's a mix there when it comes to the fans. But it's not in the franchise's best interest for this. Not even remotely. They need to be tanking. They need to lose games. And this is going to hurt you tanking. Let alone the injury risk that comes with it. And this is where what the NBA is doing is insanely unfair to the Pelicans. They're forcing the Pelicans to take a risk that the Pelicans don't want to do. And if that risk comes through, this is horrible for the team. Horrible. And that's the injury risk. If Anthony Davis goes out there and has a DeMarcus Cousins-like injury... You're not going to get that same offer from the Lakers. You're not going to get Jason Tatum from the Celtics or anything like that. And it sets your franchise back further than it would be otherwise. And that's not fair at all to the Pelicans who've done the right thing. They tried to trade Anthony Davis. They tried to accommodate the trade request right away. No good offers came through. And now they're in this position. And Anthony Davis put them in this position. This is his damn fault. He was originally going to wait till the offseason to make this trade request. He didn't. And now this is where it stands. I will say, if he breaks a hand, if he gets some sort of little injury or anything like that, even if it keeps him out for a while, that's no big deal. That's not going to change his trade value whatsoever at all because he deals with injuries like that all year long. This would take a catastrophic injury, but you knew the NBA wasn't going to do this, particularly with a nationally televised game to see Anthony Davis in a suit on the bench and then have the telecast talk about it. And just be like, why isn't he playing? People paid money sometimes a year in advance for tickets to these games to go see these star players. That matters to a lot of people. It does. It's why the NBA has really worked on finding teams and stopping teams from then resting players and trying to get them kind of on the court even late in the season as you you start to make a playoff push. You've seen it with the Spurs. They don't want that because when all of a sudden the Spurs don't play their big three or whatever it was and people paid money and traveled, that really sucks. I get it entirely. And so some of this is in the fans' best interest to play these guys. And I fully believe that. But that's not what Del Demps is there to do. He's there to look in the best interest of the franchise. And this is straight up not it. So disappointing to see. We're going to see how this goes. You would assume he's going to get booed. I don't think he's going to be put back into the intro videos or anything like that. Just a weird, awkward situation all around that doesn't need to happen, that isn't in the Pelicans' best interest. And I think this is just 
again, I, I could keep just saying it's stupid. It makes zero sense. And the NBA better have a contingency plan in place if something happens and the Pelicans don't get the return that they want on Anthony Davis because of an injury. And that's as simple as it is. Otherwise, this looks terrible. They shouldn't be meddling in this. This is a club's decision, not an NBA's decision, even though there are some rules that basically mean the Pelicans have to play these guys. Don't forget the gambling implications with it as well. I'm sure there's some of that. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening the past two weeks now. We've made it through. We've made it through the trade deadline. Forgive me if I tune out this weekend. I am exhausted. I am tired of talking about the same thing on literally all the radio stations, TV, places like that. Need a bit of a break. So enjoy the game tonight. I'll be there as well, just kind of taking it all in. And I'll be back with you all on Monday to recap everything. <laughs>